Hello there, friend, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mindset Podcast with yours truly, Anna Pereira. I am very excited to bring you this episode today as I have had the pleasure to interview a fellow Precious Metals investor and an absolutely wonderful gentleman by the name of Tim, who is also better known as the guy in the hat. And the reason I wanted to interview uh, Tim is because if you are someone who is interested uh, to learn more about investing in precious metals, or if you are already investing in precious metals, or simply just keen to learn about what precious metals are, then you are going to absolutely love this chat that I had with Tim, and you're going to love this episode. As always, please keep in mind that the conversation in this episode is not financial advice and both Tim and myself are not accredited or certified financial advisors in any way, shape or form. The contents of this episode is shared with the intentional purposes of sharing financial education. The only recommendation we make is that you empower yourself to do your own homework when investing in precious metals. So with that said, let's get started. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, your go-to resource for bite-sized lessons, stories, and tips on financial education and investing. I am your host, Anna Pereira, and I am a self-taught investor money strategist, and I am the boss of my money. I'm here to help you make sense of money using easy and simple language so you can feel empowered and confident to make money work for you. Hello, Tim, and welcome to the Money Mindset podcast. I am really excited uh, for our chat today because I absolutely love how you are so dedicated and just so passionate about educating people and especially on the topic of precious metals. And, you know, I really appreciate how easy I think you uh, make it uh, easy to understand. And that's ultimately why I really was keen to have you on the Money Mindset podcast and to answer some questions that I think people sometimes um, tend to ask us about uh, or some commonly asked questions. But to, I guess, begin and to get us some um, started, tell us, first of all, a little bit about yourself and about what your sort of career background um, has been. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's really exciting, uh, Anna, to be on here. Uh, I absolutely love and respect what you do as well. Can I just say, um, I uh, hear a lot of great things about uh, money mindset matters. Um, so it really is an honour actually to be asked to be on here. That's the first thing. I'm very big on community and I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm very honoured. Um, my background is largely uh, public speaking, essentially, and being on the stage. Um, most of my life I've been on the stage behind microphones, whether that be as a, as a performer um, or as a public speaker. Um, and uh, it's uh, been a very colourful life. Uh, it was truncated uh, around about the time that... Um, in 2020, for obvious reasons, uh, I my career kind of came to a screeching halt uh, for a couple of years, actually for probably close to two and a half years. And in fact, it hasn't even recovered. So it left me a whole lot of free time um, to do research and to learn. Um, I'm one of those guys that when there's a little bit of downtime, 
I don't watch television. Um, I put on the headphones and I listen to people like yourself. Um, you know, I listen to anything and everything that's that's um, of interest and something that's going to help help educate myself. So I think I've become good at educating myself. I, uh, you know, I think that's one of the, the big things that I've done um, because I'm not an expert in the field we're about to talk about. I'm not a trained expert. I don't even know how you, there isn't even a place to train. Yeah. Um, so and, that's, and that's exactly why I love having these sorts of interviews with with people like yourself because, yeah, there, there is no set, um, you know, especially when it comes to the precious metals it market, you know, there is no actual formal training that anyone can get. And precious metals is definitely, even like if you speak to financial advisors, and this is no disrespect against financial advisors, but it's just not a topic that even they learn about when when they're doing their course either so I think you know it's it's the only way to learn about precious metals is by you know talking to to people that are doing it doing it and investing in it and what and learning about what they've invested and how they've invested and what they've learned about it 100 percent um when I I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here but when I first got into this journey the first thing I realized is I didn't understand what anybody was saying Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to listen to um, some of the financial guys, um, mostly in the US. Yeah. I had no idea what they were talking about. It, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was another language. And I think it's designed to be another language. I think yeah. it's deliberately designed to be another language. It's like, um, you know, the medical profession and the science profession. They have these entire language sets. That, um, so the monetary system came with this entire language set, which really scared me, actually, at first. I had no idea what they were talking about. And more importantly, I didn't understand how I'd never heard any of this before. Um, But I knew I needed to know it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this huge gap um, when I got into it between the guys that were selling bullion, and I kind of knew there were companies that sold it, um, and then there was nothing after that. Between the companies that sell it uh, and the guy in the street, there is nothing other than obviously podcasts and, um, and and research online, but there's no one really that you can go to. As you said, financial advisors have nothing to do yeah. with precious metals at all. That's not even part of their course. Um, for me, that was a real eye-opener. I, I had a whole different view of financial advisors until I got started going down this path. Yeah. Um, so I guess where I fit in here is um, I'm a, like everyone else. I'm just the guy in the street. Uh, I'm educated, but not in this field. And uh, I mean, I did my education uh, in yeah. uh, this field over here. Um, and I, you know, I um, I had a good education in that regard, but never anything to do with uh, precious metals. So that's a very recent thing for me. Yeah. And so I guess, how then did you, um, how did you then educate? Like what sort of research besides, I guess, listening to, to the, the people on, on the podcast, the Americans, um, how then did you um, further that knowledge? Like what kind of research did you perhaps do? How did you kind of know, you know, like where to go buy from, um, how much to buy? You know, for me, there was, like you said, so much of the lingo. So I would like write down all of the words and then go Google them, <laughs> simple as that. But tell me, tell me, what did you have a different process? No, that's pretty much the process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, good. I, I, I don't think there was another process. Um, so for me, I got into this quite a while ago. And, um, uh, you know, I'm a, an old investor in precious metals by precious metal standards. I mean, you only have to have been in it longer than six months to be a veteran. Yeah. Um, but I, when I first got into it, um, I was given 
some some links by my brother in my brother lives in Canada and he had a friend that uh, basically was um, part owner in a gold mine in, in Canada um, and uh, through his friend um, my brother started to learn about gold and of course my brother told me about it and said I think this is something we need to look at you need to look at physical gold my mate works in the gold mine and owns the gold mine said this is the way to go um, so I thought okay well, let's start so of course go onto YouTube, which was the, the tool of choice, uh, and started to find some interesting people, but more importantly, found some interesting books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, obviously, yeah. um, The History of Money by Mike Maloney, yeah. um, and, and so many others. So so between my Audible books, which I prefer the Audible stuff, yeah. you know, that's, you know I, I still can't do the speed thing. Like I don't actually have it on, I don't know how fast you go, but I, I'm one and a half at best for me. Right. <laughs> Um, but that was, and, and, and here was the thing, when I listen to these books, um, there's two ways you can listen to a book. One, you can just listen to it. And the other is you can listen to it with intent. Yes. I was listening to it with intent. Um, in other words, I played it through once, I played it through again, and I kept playing these books until I could understand the nature of the language. Yes. That was a big deal for me. I, I was listening to think things they were saying, like what's a derivative, mm. what's the COMEX, mm. you know, what are all these things? I didn't even know, like you, mm -hmm. Google, derivative. Even the definition of derivative on mm. uh, Investopedia doesn't make any sense. Yes. So then you had to get somebody to help me understand how to define the definition. Yes. Um, and I think this is deliberate. So for me, I um, found guys like Mike Maloney who are very simple, different. Um, what I found was very, very quickly is I made a list of all the people that I thought were reputable yeah. um, because I thought, well, if they're reputable, they're going to recommend reputable people. Yeah. Um, but, that, but, that, but I still had no idea how to buy it here in Australia. Yeah. Um, and I remember the first day I went onto Google and I put where to buy gold in Australia. Uh, and it came up with... ABC Bullion, and I thought, well, wow, oh, we've got we've got a company here. I mean, this is how crazy it was. I went, oh, we've got a company that sells gold. How cool is that? Yeah. And then I thought, can you can you actually buy? Sorry, my um, I don't know if my message is coming through here. But no, no, all good. Um, I didn't even know that you could actually physically buy. This is how naive I was yeah. way back then. I thought, wow, you can actually physically buy mm. precious metals. I had no idea. So I went along and I went to the bullion company in Melbourne uh, and I was blown away. It was the most incredible experience that I've ever had. I walked into this place. It wasn't a bank. There were people in there, which yeah. was great. Um, it was very quiet. It's not like it is now. Things have changed. Mm. And there was all this gold and silver in these glass cases at ABC Bullion. And I'm looking at this stuff like I just landed on the moon. Yeah. I had no idea. And suddenly for the first time, I was seeing these precious metals. What I didn't realise I was looking at is real money. I had no idea. I was actually looking mm -hmm. at money for the first time. I'd never seen money before. I thought money was that paper stuff yeah. that the, yep. the government gives you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I very much felt the same way. Like I researched um, ABC was obviously, yeah, the, the moment you kind of Google, you know, precious metals dealers Australia, ABC Bullion, um, and then I think the other one that com comes up as well is um, As Good As Gold. They're based yes. in, in Adelaide as well. Um, so they, th those guys, they also even have their own websites as well, and they have, sorry, they have their own uh, YouTube channels. So I did a lot of research on them just to understand, like, how do I understand? Because I guess the first thing people would perhaps think about is the Perth Mint. 
And so yes. I wanted to then understand. So I'm that person that whenever I kind of look at investing into a company, I'll research that company. And so I even researched, you know, like precious metal scams, you know, things like that as well. And, um, and in doing that, you actually learn so much about how so many of the fake coins that are in circulation are the ones that have the Perth Mint stamped on it. And I guess if I was the type of person that was, you know, easily scared by certain things, I would immediately go, well, I'm too scared because I might just be buying the wrong thing. But, you know, in constantly just, I did like a good six, six months research on these different companies. And what I found with ABC Bullion, of course, this is no plug for them, but I feel like when, when you know you find something that's decent, you want to tell people about it, especially when there's so many different precious metals dealers out there, um, is that even the smaller precious metals dealers around Australia, they all purchase from ABC Bullion. And that for me was kind of like the, well, if they're buying from these guys and these guys have offices all over Australia, they're registered with the L LBMA, they're registered with COMEX, that, that was kind of like my, okay, these guys are legit, you know, but then you kind of go down that road of, well, what do I buy? So how did you kind of make that decision when you first made your first investment um, in knowing how do I start? How much do I, because they're the questions that ultimately I always find people always have when they're first um, looking into buying precious metals is how much do I buy? Uh, how do I store it? I mean, that's a question we can get to in, in a second as well. But first of all, how did you decide how much to buy? Well, um, for me, uh, I'll just take it back then, um, a chapter or so. Um, for me, that decision process, first of all, I had to assess there was a reason to buy it in the first place. I, um, I'd reached that long before anybody, there's no one I knew at the time that yeah. was into precious metals. So I first of all had to assess that I needed to do this, which meant that I had to have researched the future. Mm. Um, and I could see where the cliff was coming somewhere. I feel like we're getting close to the cliff now. Yeah. Yeah, great. So step one for me wasn't just turning up and buying metal. Step one for me was basically trying to understand, do I even need, what am I doing? I mean, to pull out X amount of dollars out of your bank account and invest it in these tiny little bits of metal seemed yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, however, I had to really be sure. And um, I had to really know that, you know, the guys I was listening to, Kiyosaki and Rickards and all these guys, I had to know, I didn't know who these guys were. Yeah. Um, but I do now, yeah. but I had to know that what they were saying was credible. And this was long before 2020. I'm talking back in 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. um, long before all of that, I had to know to do it. That was the first thing. The other thing is my reason for doing it would determine how much, how many, uh, the funds I would invest in it. The reason was, okay, is this just going to be a speed bump? Then I'll just get a couple of ounces. Or is this going to be the total collapse of the monetary system? Mm. If that's really where you've got to start, if you see what I see, and I, and I know you do, that we are heading towards the biggest monetary crash in human history, then buying a half ounce of silver just to have in your back drawer, probably mm. not going to do it. Mm. So you really need to assess the risk of everything, the risk of not doing it, the risk of what's coming, the risk of how safe is your cash in the bank? Should you even have it there in the first place? Have you got any dormant funds? Um, so the, the question of what to buy started way back here in terms of what is the severity of what's coming? Um, so once I assessed that, okay, this looks pretty dire to me, judging by Rickards and Kiyosaki and Maloney and these guys were talking about this fictitious monetary crash 
I didn't even know what a monetary crash was. Um, and then I learned about fiat currency, which was another part of me investing in metals. The bigger one for me was, well, oh, what I didn't understand was that the fiat currency isn't real. Mm. And it took me a long metamorphosis. And this, mm. you know that shift mm. that you go through? Yeah. I didn't even know what that meant. I'd never even heard of the word fiat until, mm. and now it's just a word I use every day. So these things all sort of compounded. And then I ended up at the bullion bank now with an idea that, A, I've got to do it. I have to do this. No one else was talking about this. Not, 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 any, not many people here were talking about it. And I'm talking in my immediate circle. Yeah. Um, so I had to make, I thought, well, this is, you know, I felt like a fish out of water. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing there. I didn't understand the products. I didn't know what, I didn't know platinum from silver. Mm. So, um, so what I did is I took a leap. I took yeah. a leap of faith and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And I started with a couple, I, I, start, I started small, like everybody, yeah. you know, instead of just throwing Absolutely. everything into it, yeah. I started at the small end of town. Yeah. And did you start uh, with gold, silver, or platinum? What, which precious metals called to you most? Gold was the first one okay. uh, for me. Uh, I dived straight in the gold pool because uh, I'd never seen gold before, mm. to be totally honest. Mm. I can't believe I'm even saying that. I'd seen it in uh, jewellery and in, yeah. in its sort of various carat form. Yes. Um, but I'd never seen a real piece of bullion. And yeah. I remember the day that um, over the counter at ABC Bullion, I ordered my first one-ounce gold bar. And I was expecting one of those big central bank yeah. bars to be handed yeah. over the counter. And they gave me, you know what it looks like. Tiny little thing. A I know. Tiny little thing. And I said to the guy, oh is this it? And I said, is this what I ordered? And he said, that, that's, 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 that's it. it. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, you know, all my friends were buying uh 4K televisions or whatever they're called, yeah. and, you know, and here I had, for my effort, this yeah. tiny piece of gold. And I'm yeah. looking at it thinking, wow, okay. Um, so that was the first shock I had to go through is that yeah. somehow this little thing is going to save my financial future, really? Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember going home quite depressed. Oh. Um, and I even showed my kids and I said, hey, guys, um, just letting you know, your dad just spent two and a half thousand dollars. Actually, it was more back then. Uh, yeah. Actually, it was, it was some, some took, around the two thousand. Yeah. And I showed them, and they said, "Dad, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> who sold you that thing?" And I said, oh, the, "The bullion people sold it to me, and apparently, this was going to save us." <laughs> that's where this all started for me. It sounds crazy, yeah. but that's how the journey was. Yeah, I love I didn't that. even, and I didn't know about silver. I had yeah. no knowledge of silver. I just thought gold was the only thing right. at the time. I didn't yeah. know about platinum. I didn't know yeah. about palladium. I didn't know about rhodium. Yeah. All I thought was gold. It's just got to keep buying this gold. Yeah. And then yeah. I was able to buy another one and then another one. And then after some research, I discovered silver. Yeah. And I thought, oh, wow. Oh, you can get silver too. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 but, but now I'm bullish on silver. I'm the yeah. other way. I'm a, a very, very bullish guy on silver. So the journey, and, and the other thing for me is um, I always had a fascination with coins. Uh, yeah. Since an early age, I had a coin collection, mm. but my coin collection was pretty random, kind of like in global coins, um, until I found out that this bullion came in coins. I didn't even know that. This is how naive I was. And I went, oh my God, they've got coins and they've got pretty pictures on them. And yeah. They look fabulous. <laughs> and, 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 and oh my God, you know, you can buy them from Canada and yeah. you can buy them from South Africa and they're the same. Mm. It doesn't matter where you buy them from. Yeah. Announce it's tradable. It's yeah. tradable here. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the good old spot price based. And so um, 
I guess the other question that people then I guess have or this notion that they have is um, how will we use this? Like how, how does precious metals, because I guess people kind of think, and this is, again, it goes back to why you need to really understand um, the entire monetary system. So because the, the only reason we had sound money was because before 1971, the, the US dollar was backed by gold, right? And so after Nixon took the dollar off the gold stand, and what that then meant is that fiat, which is when then the, our currency, our dollars, our euros, our pounds became backed by essentially the faith of people. And yeah. because, and fiat ultimately is Latin for, you know, let it be. In other words, you know, because I say so, um, it is. So, you know, ever since then, that's when, when you look at the data, when you study the data that I know Mike Maloney does and presents so well in showing people just how quickly the inflation became rampant after 1971 was because being backed by gold essentially means that governments have to behave. They can't just go off and print as much money as they want. It puts them on a bit of a, a spending leash. And so having it doesn't really matter if we have a, a new currency, as long as it's somewhat is, is tied to a precious metal like gold and silver, that means that they, the government uh, needs to have that equivalent of gold in, in storage or in, in their vaults, basically. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Um, gold is our monetary system. And this is what was a shock to me. Probably the greatest, uh, the greatest awakening of my life was to understand that this paper stuff that gets printed by central banks yeah. is, um, as you said, it's a government decree. It only operates on the confidence people have to use it. It doesn't actually have any value. It doesn't perform any function. Its only function is as a, as a monetary exchange. That's it. It doesn't, beyond that, you could light a fire with it. You could smoke a cigarette with it. You could Make a bag you know, like they do in Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah. right. And Zimbabwe. I mean, the, yeah. the currency and the and, and uh, you know Weimar Republic. The, they yes. used to bring wheelbarrows of this paper into the shop, and they couldn't even buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. I mean, in Zimbabwe, you have to be a trillionaire to buy a loaf of bread these days, mm. or a billionaire, or something like that. But the point is, um, you are absolutely right. Um, this uh, this is we we've printed so much of this rubbish. Uh, that now uh, our economy, I think we're, we're globally, and if you believe the global figures, I think they have to create a new uh, word for, you know, we're up to 300 trillion, but I think there's, we're going up to a gazillion or something like wow. that. You know, I mean, we've printed ourselves into oblivion. The, the financial system is dead, it's over. And the only thing we have uh, that's of any value is our, is our precious metals is gold. That's the yeah. only thing, which is why, the central banks store it in their vaults. Yeah. You know, they know that the central bankers know this is the monetary system. Mm. As JP Morgan famously said in 1912, mm. the only true money is gold, everything else is credit. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I kind of got away from the question that I was originally asking, which was, you know, how, so the idea that people I think have that, you know, you buy these, you go and buy your silver coins or you buy your gold coins, then what you're supposed to carry them around with you to, to pay for your loaf of bread. Well, essentially no. I mean, I guess we don't know really what, what will happen. Uh, but the reason that I, the way I understand it, and I'd want to hear your take on that as well, is that, you know, we're essentially you know, earning fiat currency, I'm trading that for real money for the time that people completely lose faith in the fiat 
currency system and then in times of crisis as has history has showed over and over again people always revert back the only way that governments can get uh, win uh, the, the general public's trust back is by once again bringing back the 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 gold standard and having that be backed again by a by precious metals and so my understanding is that what that will then happen is that when people don't know where to put their money, they will always revert back to the safe haven classes, uh, asset classes, which is, of course, gold and silver. And the reason why silver always is just so much more appealing is because of the price and the ratio. So when you learn about ratios, and I'm sure your book, we're going to talk about your book a little bit later on as well, uh, would cover about ratios. I'm hoping it does at least. I'm saying it, it does. does. It does. Yeah. Right. Because ultimately that, you know, it's important to understand the whole, you know, why buying precious metals right now is a safe haven, why in history it's always been classified as a safe haven, what to buy, where to buy. But ultimately, what you absolutely must learn is when do I need, when do I know is a good time to sell my, my silver? Because it's not, you know, it, it is ultimately just, you know, lumps of metal that we store at home or in, in private vaults. Um, but you also ultimately need to know when you want to be converting them back, you know, into whatever new paper money there is to then be able to go buy your precious net, to then be able to go and buy your, your groceries. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. When, when, um, yeah. well, I mean, it is an asset class, like any asset class. That's like asking the question, when do I sell my house? Yeah. Um, when you need to is the answer to that question. Um, when do you need to sell your house? Do you need to sell your house? Is it better hanging on to it? Where are you in the curve? Is it worth selling it now? Um, people sell assets for a range of reasons. They don't just sell assets because they need, they, you know, they want to make a profit. Sometimes they sell assets because they ran out of money yeah. uh, or currency. Sometimes they sell assets because, um, you know, they want to buy something else. They want to shift asset classes. Um, I mean, remembering that precious metals are an asset class. Mm -hmm. they're, they're one of the four major asset classes. Real estate and uh, stocks and shares are, are one in, this, in the system and out of the system, cryptos and, and commodities. So they're one of the, in my opinion, one of the four asset classes. So the question is, why, you know, what is your reason for wanting to sell? Uh, and it's different for all of us. I just wanted to answer uh, a question though. You said, yeah. you know, how and where, how do we trade these? Who do we trade these with? What do you, yes. you know, if you need to get currency. So what you really, there are four ways you can trade. And I'm just scribbling this down. With precious metals, people worry that once they've got them. Now, I should also say, I only deal in physical metals. Mm -hmm. There are two types of metals out there, allocated and unallocated. Mm -hmm. I only deal in allocated. That means that I own it physically. And I've got a piece here. Here we go. There's a piece of silver physically in my possession. Yeah. So you see this, I physically hold that. Um, a government can't take that away from you. A bank can't tell you you can't have it because I've already got it. Yeah. This is the sort of wealth, this is the way we need to get back to holding wealth in this kind of format, physically in your possession. Yeah. But the question is, when do I offload it? Well, that answer is personal. That's down to the individual. When do I offload it? Do I need to offload? I mean, have I, do I need to buy food this week? So let's say, for example, I've run out of currency. Now, I'm actually a, an interesting case study because I don't have any fiat currency left. I am the most undesirable bachelor in the Southern Hemisphere, <laughs> possibly in the universe. I don't have physical uh, cash. I, oh, I actually have physical, sorry, I have physical cash. I don't have cash in a bank account. Yeah. I have this stuff. And what I do, I've got lots of this stuff. 
And what I do is if I need something, I will remunerate that. So I choose to store my wealth in these bars so that when I need a cash of any kind, I can trade it four possible ways. And I'll tell you what they are. The first one is my favourite. I trade with other investors. I have lots of friends now who I've met that are into this stuff and they're happy to get give me cash for this every day of the week. Um, so it's fabulous. So we meet up for coffee. I give them this, they get the cash. We're doing, we're our own central bank. No bank involved. Um, the cash is physical. The metals are physical. No one, no one cares. Um, what a way to trade. The other way to trade is barterability and that's less likely. Like I'm not really going to walk into a supermarket and give them this for a loaf of bread. Yeah. Um, that's highly unlikely. Um, however, having said that, I have actually sold my book for silver. People give me half to a full ounce of silver for the book. Mm -hmm. um, so people are happy to do that. We are doing the barter system. Because it's a book about precious metals, people are trading gold and silver. I actually had somebody at my book launch gave me a one-ounce silver bar that I was happy to take from her. She said, look, I brought in this silver bar. Would you be happy to trade it for your book? That's the way things should be done. Yeah. The third way you trade it is online. You can just simply put these things on eBay. Now, that's problematic for all sorts mm. of reasons, as you're probably aware of. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, this could be anything, guys. Yeah. Um, so you're going to need some way of verifying the purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other way, of course, is the fourth way is through your bullion dealer. Yeah. Um, now, the reason I mentioned that last is because for some people, they live out in the regional areas. It's not just simple to go into your bullion dealer and, and offload and remunerate yeah. for cash. And the question is, what are you remunerating for or what are you um, liquidating it for? Yeah. And it is simply the, the cash system of the, the fiat system of the period. If we're in digital, you'll be, you'll be liquidating for digital currency. Yeah. If we're in fiat, you're liquidating for fiat. The other thing you can do with your, uh, when you're trading with investors and you're trading with um, bullion dealers, is I can take this is a um, this is a ten ounce bar mm. of silver. I can take this into the bullion dealer and ask for change in silver. So I may not want to offload the whole bar because these things are homogenous; they can be broken mm. down. Um, and I've got one here. Hang on, I'll just grab one. Um, I'll just grab any old coin here. I uh, just happen to have a few products on me. Now, I'm just grabbing anything here, but there's a silver coin. That's a, 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 That just happens to be an American Eagle coin. Oh, and there's a gold bar. So this is one ounce and this is 10 ounce. So they, I may not want to liquidate the entire bar. I may say to them, look, give me a few silver coins, which are these guys. They're one ounce, 10 ounce. They might give me five of these and I only need to liquidate five ounces. Five ounces at the moment's about what you know, one hundred and fifty dollars mm. somewhere there. Uh, I don't know if we got that right. Um, does that sound right? Uh, yeah, that's, so that's about right. <laughs> about one hundred and fifty with some of the change given to me, beautiful silver coins. So I'm not liquidating. So these are homogenous, broken down. Um, so these are ways very, very quickly to 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 trade. But again, the question is, why are you trading it? What is your reason for trading it? Yeah. Are you speculating? Are you trading it because you see a better asset class out there? You know, you may see that real estate has come down uh, yeah. and the price parity between metals and real estate. Um, I mean, this is a way people build wealth is they yeah. move asset classes. They shift exactly. from one asset class. Yes. You know, you've got the kind of four asset classes you can yep. move around. 
with me for real estate for me um it's looking at the uh, i live in melbourne but the real estate in melbourne pretty much like sydney mm. it's an asset class that's so overpriced yeah it, it makes no sense to me to invest in that right now i, I love real estate and mm. i think it's brilliant but again it's only an asset class um if metals were the same price as um real estate right now no one would touch it yeah. but um but right now these things are so cheap they're giving yeah. them away yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's um. That's why again, like I love that you that you explain that really well because it is very much about understanding what is currently overvalued and what is undervalued, and then it's just learning to just trade one for the other. So ultimately, there is also again another really great video that um, I'm happy to link up in the show notes from Mike Maloney where he explains the um the way wealth cycles work. And you can kind of see over a period of maybe, you know, one or two generations, how just simply trading your gold into property, into gold again, into property, you know, understanding like when a property is, you know, at its absolute peak of the market. So ultimately, anyone that would have sold, um, you know, this is ultimately why I understand a lot about real estate because that's kind of like my jam. I love I love uh, buying uh, real estate. And so a lot of people I know that sold in Sydney, sold in Melbourne at the absolute height in 2021, 20, even early 2022, you know, bought their house for maybe half a million, sold it for like almost 2 million, went up to Queensland and bought something for 1.3. Now, Queenslanders obviously don't like that because that's obviously driven up their market. But for someone in Melbourne who's just sold for 2 million, that was a really sweet deal to be able to move up to Queensland and, and be able to, um, to, to buy an entire house for, for, you know, much less than what they would have had they moved elsewhere in, in Australia. So it's about, I think, understanding what's, what's currently cheap, what's undervalued um, and, and recognising when something is overvalued. So that's why for me right now, yeah, it's it's about kind of going silver's really undervalued. It has been since. So even if you had been someone that purchased silver back in 1980s, you were buying silver at about $50 an ounce. Now it's down to $29 an ounce. So it's it's if you've got money just sitting in the bank, because that's what we're conditioned to do, that's what we're conditioned to feel secure and safe is by having money sitting in our bank. It's what gives us that sense, false sense of security you know, because we've been taught, save your money, save for retirement, you know, don't spend your money, don't get into bad debt, don't get into debt, basically, not really understanding that there is good debt, and there's there's bad debt. And that's why, you know, what I try and, and educate people on is that I invest for three reasons, I've kind of broken it down for those three reasons, it's either for in for, uh, for to create passive income to create passive um, cash flow, to create a capital gain, or for preservation and protection. And so right now, precious metals for me is protection and preservation, but I also see it as an enormous opportunity when I recognize that that $20 an ounce is now at $300 an ounce, which is where it should be when you kind of look at the data, um, that that will be the opportunity to then sell those precious metals and move into another asset class that will be potentially undervalued or back at its proper value, basically. So it's it's about, I think, like you said, it's, it's about understanding when to move from one asset class to another. And so I'll make sure I, I add in the um, the show notes, the um, the, cycle, the wealth, wealth Cycles by Mike Maloney. I think he does a great job at explaining that. So yeah, well, it's been a, a crazy kind of two and a half years, hasn't it? <laughs> and, yes. and definitely. And, and, and we haven't seen anything yet. No. Uh, I, um, 
I just posted on uh, my channel this morning mm. that um, the Lebanese, in Lebanon, they've just yeah. shut all the banks. They've just closed mm. them. That's it. Banks are now closed. Um, now, now, I just posted that breaking news this morning. And what, I, what, what I've been, everything you're talking about, everything we've been talking about as investors and uh, speculators is coming to pass. Yeah. And um, Lebanon, uh, I can't imagine, I know people in Lebanon, mm. uh, and uh, I can't imagine what hysteria is about yeah. to unfold in a country where the banks close. Now, the question is, are we going to see that here? Mm. Um, my answer is possibly. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the hysteria that would follow if the banks just bailed in and closed. Yeah. Um, you're going to see something similar to what happened in 1930-31 when the banks closed in the United States mm. and uh, people people went crazy. Yeah. Um, and and uh, if you've got nothing else, to, if you've got no wealth protection, you spoke about precious metals. The reason I'm in precious metals is the same reason. It's not to make millions. It's for, to protect our wealth. Yeah. That's the point. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who will argue that precious metals are not an investment. Mm. But they are an insurance package. You know, exactly. I heard Warren Buffett. Yes. I heard Warren Buffett talking the other day on a podcast. Mm. Um, now, who am I to question the richest guy in the, in the world? But, but you know, hell, I'm going I'm to question him because mm. he said that stocks and shares are a way, way better way to make money than precious metals. He says that's why I'm not into precious metals. Well, I beg to differ. I bet he is in precious metals. But what I wanted to say to Warren Buffett, if I was able to, was um, stocks and shares are different mechanisms. There are very different mechanisms to precious metal. One is a counterweight against a failing currency. Uh, and the other is a bullish bearish investment, kind of like gambling. So the two are totally non-related. Yeah. So when people get into metals, the really important point I wanted to sort of add to what you're saying is it's a wealth preservation. Yeah. You're not doing this for a get rich quick uh, get rich quick scheme. And I've had lots of people write to me over the years, uh, especially in recent months since I've been doing the channel, saying, Tim, you told me to get into gold. I bought it at $3,000 an ounce and now it's $2,500 an ounce. What have you done to me? You're ruining me. Um, and I get that a lot. But what people don't understand is that, A, it's a manipulated market, heavily manipulated through the GLVs and SLV and the derivative market, heavily. We already know that. And the second thing is it's um, a rise in the gold price is an indication yeah. of a failing currency. Mm -hmm. So there's no way that the central bankers of the world want people to know that their currency is failing because they want you to use their currency system. Yeah. Because if you use their currencies, you're going to use their banks and you're going to pay their taxes. You're going to do all the things that you do. Mm -hmm. um, if you were like me and you realise that's probably not a good idea and like you, um, we move out of the system when we see stuff like this coming. When we see currency collapses, I should also mention there's been 4,800 uh, currency collapses in modern mm -hmm. history that we know of. 4,800, and every single time um, there was a major event which accompanied the currency collapse. And secondly, gold and silver, especially gold, was there every single time as the safe haven asset, and it's going to do the same thing again. 4,800 examples in history tell us that precious metals are the only thing that are going to survive. Yeah. Um, and, and any commodity really will survive. In the stock market, I think there are some stocks and shares that could survive, like mining stocks and so on. Um, but again, I'm very, very nervous having things in a system that's about to sink. So. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, and I think, you know, just holding on to it, you know, you just definitely feel that empowerment and that, um, that kind of being back in the driver's seat, you know, and not being at the mercy, I guess, 
because again, it, it comes back to that conditioning of feeling like it's all safe in the bank. Um, but ultimately, it's up to the bank whether or not they decide to give it to you. Um, and I think that, yeah, we, we've they've really done a number on us and from, from early on, because when you think about it, since, since, you know, kindergarten, really, we're taught, you know, to have a dollar might account. And like, that's almost like the first introduction to money that kids receive. And, you know, so many times my kids will sometimes come up to me and go, well, how much money do I have in my bank account? I'm like, that was the first thing I closed when I learned about fiat money because I was creating a savings for them in their bank accounts. And that was the first thing I shut down and convert, converted to silver because I was like, well, it, it's not planned. It's not designed for you to be using this money until you're 18. You're only, you know, eight, eight and 10 right at the, at the time. Um yeah, it, it, there's no better safe haven asset, I think, than, than precious metals for me. And I know we've spoken a lot about, you know, silver and gold, but there, there is still an enormous potential as well of, for growth, even in platinum as well, and palladium as well. That's another one, another asset class also. Um, so it's, I mean, we could probably, you know, spend hours talking about even just the, the purposeful use. So it's got, you know, especially when it comes to silver, you have an entire, you have so many different industries that require silver in their creations, be it solar power panels, be it Tesla batteries, you know, be it pharmaceuticals even. They need silver. It's, it's a raw material that has industrial use. And the people that are currently using this raw material um, are definitely not the type of companies that intend to go away anytime soon. So it's... Yeah, so it's interesting. It, it's interesting. I... Um, uh, it, we live in an interesting age, you know, uh, of battery technology, you know, um, how successful is this battery? I know there's a lot of people who've weighed in on the stock market buying lithium stocks. And um, it's fascinating to me that people can't see what it is they're actually doing with lithium stocks. If you buy lithium stocks with the intention that lithium stocks are going to rise, what that means is the battery prices are going to rise, which mm -hmm. means the price of a Tesla is going to rise, which means people won't be able to buy one, which means... So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I love how yeah. people make these uh, crazy moves onto them. Um, but uh, that's aside, as a side. But silver uh, and gold are quite different to palladium. And again, I don't really yeah. want to talk much about palladium and um, platinum. I know that's not the purpose of this. Um, but gold and silver, what people need to understand is they, they have the broadest base of, of utility and buyer of any yeah. other uh, commodity on planet Earth. It's yeah. silver, the, the uses for silver compared to a... So if you compare it to fiat currency, as I said, fiat currency has one use. It's just a financial exchange. It's a, it's a promissory note. Yep. It, can't, it can't even be used for anything. No. Um, but silver, on the other hand, extensive and can't be reproduced by governments. Yep. So that's another big one. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, it has definitely been, um, you know, the past, I'm sure more than the past two and a half years for, for those, I guess, that have just kind of woken up in 2020 to, to really understand what's going on. Um, you know, I kind of got into precious metals back in 2018 uh, after, you know, coming and just stumbling. My husband stumbled across um, the history of um, the, the, hidden, the hidden secrets of money by Mike Maloney. And then, yeah, we were just kind of fascinated by the information. And I was like, I, I need to research this. And I, that's what I did for months on end. Uh, and then finally, you know, invested into, into silver. So, I, you know, I did spend like a good chunk of time researching it, but What's been, I guess, your greatest lesson in since the time that you started learning about precious metals or learning about even just the history of money and everything that you've learned? Yeah, my greatest lesson was the entire system was designed for us to fail. Mm. 
um, without any hesitation. Um, I never knew that, actually, and um, that's why I wrote the book. I, I really just wanted to get one message across, and that was it's, it's designed to lead you into a trap. Yeah. Um, the first rung on the ladder of social engineering is to turn every one of us into a consumer. I just want to say that again, to turn us all into consumers. You buy, you buy, you buy. Once they turn you into a consumer, which they do beautifully over 13 years of an indoctrination period called education, which you don't learn anything, by the way. I mean, who cares when Captain Cook discovered Australia? Who even knows if he was real or if he even discovered it in that year? But it won't help you survive. So you learn through the school system, the education system, you learn everything you need to know um, the, sorry, everything that you don't need to know mm -hmm. and everything that you do need to know, you get to my age, uh, I'm 35, by the way, mm -hmm. um, you, you get, to, I know I had a rough couple of years, um, you, get to the, you get to my age um, and you understand and you, I've, only, I've only recently in the last few years of my life discovered that we were led into a trap mm -hmm. um, and there is a way out of it, but you're going to have to change your, I'm going to use one of your words, mindset. You're mm -hmm. going to have to change your mindset. But the biggest challenge for everyone out there is not listening to this. It's how do you apply it? How do you go from working a nine-to-five job, having cash in the bank, being told that this, you know, have superannuation, you know, uh, grow old, retire at 65, get the house on the head, as if that's going to happen. Mm. For most of us, that rarely happens. Um, so the big switch, and there's a chapter in my book called Consumer Versus Investor, the big change, and I really think this is the important one, is the word mindset. You have to go from consumer to investor, but you can't just click a button on a computer and you're not just going to drink a magic potion. It's an education process. It's a metamorphosis. And here's the other thing too I want to say. If you're in a relationship with somebody, I'm not, as I said, world's most undesirable bachelor. <laughs> um, turns out uh, women don't want to go with no cash but um, but I do have a very nice cat. Um, but but here's what I want to say to people in relationships, and this is a really important thing I want to say. If you're going to go through the metamorphosis, you need to go through it with your partner. Yeah. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's going to destroy the, the family unit because one of you is going to grow and the other's going to get stuck. And I reason I'm mentioning this is my channel is predominantly female, probably about 80%, 85% female. And a lot of them went through that metamorphosis, but mm. their partners didn't. Mm. So this is a really important point. So if you're going to do this, try to do it as a couple and try to educate each other. And children, bring your children for the ride because there's no point you dying with this knowledge if your children Absolutely. don't. And let's turn the tide. Let's start educating the children. What is the monetary system? What, what are you being told that's, that's not true? But more important, and as I say in my book, Again, I'll just finish on this particular point. Um, I talk about um, what is money, but more importantly, what isn't money? Mm. Um, so that fiat stuff, the central bank's print, that's not money. In fact, I won't even use that word. Mm. The word currency at best, fiat, if I'm, I'm being disrespectful, <laughs> but not money. It's, mm. That's the really big learning curve here, yeah. is to understand that as you the words money come out of your mouth, mm. Um, don't associate it with that paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I definitely want to end on, on talking more about your, your book and where people can go to grab it because absolutely I think it's so important to, because especially if, you know, you're just, if you've just come, you know, come across my podcast for the very first time or you've just, you know, uh, heard about Tim and heard about, you know, beating the reset and things like that and fiat and all of these words, it's important to, to almost have that physical copy of a book in your hand because sometimes we'll just listen to a podcast and we'll go, oh, that was an interesting point. But when you have it in hard copy, like for me, my uh, rich dad, poor dad cop- copy of that book has been highlighted so many times. Um, and I know that even, you know, Robert Kiyosaki himself, he always, you know, shows his books on his podcast where he, you can see he's got all the little tabs where he's studied it. You know, so I don't just read a book uh, like um, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or even like James Rickard's books, Road to Ruin or Aftermath or any of the other ones that they have. And a book like yours, I would be highlighting it, especially if I'm brand new to it. And I think, you know, what I honestly appreciate so much about what you've done in creating this book is to ensure that the language is easy to understand, especially for someone who. And there's a lot of us, you know, this is not just, you know, oh, she's lucky because, you know, she's had her husband understand the financial markets. No, like we've both learned it together and there was lots that he didn't understand and we kind of like divided and conquered and I went and understood one thing and he went and learned about something else. And then we, you know, came back together and had like little meetings, little money meetings or, you know, wealth meetings um, to be able to discuss what we, what we learn and we just ultimately be teaching ourselves and, and educating ourselves. So. Um, I, I do want to end on, a, I know we're almost up at one hour, but if you had 100K to invest, what would you be doing right now? Um, okay, so, um, well, first of all, I'd get it out of the bank. That would be my first step. Um, I'm a, not, you probably realise I'm not a fan of financial systems, um, especially now they've got bailing laws, which they modified in yep. 2018. So the first thing I do is get it out of the bank. Um it really, the answer to that question depends on how you see the climate. I see the climate as pretty dystopian. I see a financial crash coming like we've never seen before. If I was in a different period in the financial cycle um, and I was in kind of like a, you know, more of a honeymoon kind of, um, I've forgotten the word I was going to use there, but more of, not the honeymoon, but more of a honeypot kind of mm-hmm. existence where life was just great, um, I probably wouldn't be saying what I'm about to say. The first step for me is get it out of the bank. Any dormant funds that you don't need, don't, for goodness sakes, don't just look at your bank account and go, great, look, I've got 100 of these, 100,000 of these, because you may not have anything. Um, but for me, I am very bullish on metals. Um, I have got rid of all my real estate uh, a while ago, actually, um, so that, that all that's all gone. Uh, I rent this house. I don't own it because I'm a big believer in having zero counterparty risk, so somebody else owns all the risk of um, this is my personal approach. And what I did with the capital is I put it into metals. I'm very, very bullish on metals, um, big on coins uh, and special types of coins. Um, that's for me, though. Um, so for, as far as metals go, um, I've got a, an 80-20 portfolio. I've got an 80% silver, 20% gold portfolio. Um, the three other, the other two portfolios is you could have 80 gold, so you could spend $80,000 on gold and 20% on silver or 50-50. Yeah. But for me, I would put pretty much most of it in metals and I would keep physical cash on hand because mm-hmm. you still need to trade in the system. So everything I'm talking about now, because I'm planning for the end of this currency period, and it's very difficult through all the mist and fog 
to see what's coming. I'm reducing my footprint in the system, mm -hmm. keeping it very small. If I was able to get a title on a property, I would. Uh, that's probably not such a bad idea. But I still think real estate's going to drop by about sixty to seventy percent. Mm -hmm. um, it probably is going to fall about the same level as the stock market. Yeah. So um, when that happens, then I'll slide back across and pick up some real estate for pennies on the dollar. But yeah. for now, I'm going to store my wealth in precious metals because of the four asset classes. Yeah. I think that's the place to be. I just can't. Everything I've read, everything I've studied, everything I've researched tells me that's the mm -hmm. place to be. Um, and there are other commodities like oil and lumber, and mm -hmm. you can't store them in your house because mm -hmm. how do you put an oil barrel on your house? So for me, I, precious metals are the obvious way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's that's yeah. that's my personal view. Cool, cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I would agree as well with that. Um, and I guess so. Lastly, um, tell us how can we how can we find your book? I'm sure I'll, I'll be linking it into the show notes. So make it nice and easy for people. Um, and I know, and again, this is where I guess the, the beautiful thing, I think at least that uh, 2020 provided is that, you know, we, we were able to find the people that were already kind of in the know about the monetary system or about what was happening from the medical system, from the pharmaceutical system, from the, the food system. And it kind of just awoken us all to, you know, called us all to step into the arena essentially, which is what social media is it's just this platform and you when you feel when you have all these thoughts and you see all this stuff on on social media be it youtube or be it podcasts you feel like you know you're the only one absorbing that information and i think you know having a channel like yours just kind of reiterates that there are far more people and there's so many more people out there that are thinking the same way we are so we're not crazy we're not the only ones going oh just take your money out of the bank and put it into precious metals there is a lot of people that um, are seeing what we see as well and making sense of it and questioning it as well and wanting to continue to develop that knowledge as well. And um, yeah, so tell me, besides, I guess, going through your Instagram page, is there another way that we could purchase your book? So here's the book. I just happen to have a copy. How, how cheap is that? Yeah. Um, I've got, there's a picture of me on the cover. This is called Things We Were Never Told About Money. Um, and this is the message I want to get across. I mean, look, uh, it's a very quick, you can see it's not a wide book. It's very quick to read. It was designed so that this, you know, the, my entire 20 years of research into this is in this book. In, I didn't want it to be a Harry Potter thick book. Yeah. Um, I wanted it just to be quick and simple. You can read this in three hours and this will change your life. Because um, the first two chapters talk about the indoctrination we go through in, in the, um, at school. Uh, and what we're told about what is money, but what is actually, and then I go on to explain in a very brief chapter, what is money? What actually really is it? Uh, here we all talk about it. We've all got it. Or at least we think we have. So that's the big plus. Very quick to read, written by a, a guy like me who's not a financial guy. So I took out all the graphs and all the complex jargon. stuff. Yep. All the jargon, which is, you know, yeah. just gets you sidetracked. So um, it's 20, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's, um, it's, uh, some people don't want to buy it on Amazon, actually. Um, you can buy it. I've got stocks of books here all the time. So if you want to buy it direct from me, you can. You can just DM me through. Uh, uh, I guess you'll put a link to my Instagram yes, page yeah, there. Yes, absolutely. I will do that. It's uh, $24.95, I think, on Amazon. And it did get onto their bestseller list in that yeah. category. Um, but that may be because I was the only book in the category. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so it's very quick and easy to read. Uh, it's got easy, you know, the, the writing is pretty quick. Uh, it's, you know, each chapter has a hat because I'm known yep. for my hat. There's a, there's a hat there. Yep. Um, some notes. Now, I stuck the notes there because 
I don't want you to read this. I want you to read it with intent. Read it with the intent of change and then give it to your partner and then give it to your kids and make sure they read the first two chapters. One is a history lesson. The other is talking about the indoctrination of the school, the education system. That is such an important part uh, of every of this journey, you know, where we came from. So, yeah, there you go. That's the plug for the Amazing. book. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Tim, so much for doing this today with me. I know it's supposed to be a public holiday, quote unquote. Uh, but yeah, I, I know that things just feel so kind of shaky. I mean, they felt shaky for a long time, but it definitely has this energy at the moment about we're coming to that real tipping point. Um, and it's almost like just hurry up and let's do this so that we can start moving on, so that we can start picking up the pieces and that we can, you know, start, Re regrouping ourselves I suppose so thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today and thank you so much for doing what you do and sharing your knowledge and bringing people together and for allowing your platform to be this um, this kind of sh sharing of information with one another and bringing light to people that even like me you know I was like I don't know I don't I'm not a financial person you know like I can't be the person to interview people and talk about money who am I to talk about money and it's it's the people that that think like that that actually need to be the ones you know putting their hand up and going actually let me tell you what I know because it'll help someone else who's also brand new to it um, a lot of the times I have so many clients I'll say well you make more sense of it than my own financial advisor does and, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's just simply because I'm just using everyday language and people relate to that and feel comfortable with that because we're all the same. We're all, like you said, you know, we don't intend, not everybody intends to be the next, you know, Elon Musk or the next, you know, Jeff Bezos. We ultimately just want to, you know, have enough to protect ourselves, to protect our family and to be sovereign and free as we're supposed to be as, as human beings. So thank you so much for everything that you do. And yeah, keep doing it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And same to you, Anna. Your work is outstanding and your message uh, absolutely aligns with everything I'm about. So, you know, thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye. See ya.